Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Yeah, uh, today on Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 20 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is Regrets, or if you are in Germany, the title of this episode is The Case of the Upholder of Moral Standards. Our IMDb user synopsis is... Only Robbie refuses to sign. Eric alone not being eligible. Ruthie's petition against a popular ethics teacher, Miller's, rumored prejudiced dismissal. Robbie learns about the household rule you can't complain over 18 about anything vaguely political without registering as a voter. Matt is first to work out the televised petition commotion is an unsavory misunderstanding for which the school kids are tricked into fake detention by her brother. Annie's pa recently found out and now wants her and the family to know she has an older but illegitimate sister, Lily, from his late first love. Okay. This, that summary was so confusing. I know. The, they seriously need They're, a proofreader. Um, sometimes, that happens more often than not. Though, a, lot so. pro, uh, a lot of pronouns without... Without specifying who... Yeah, her brother. Whose brother? Yeah. Also, uh, just, there, there were so many, like, re- commas... Like, run-on sentences. Like, only Robbie refuses to sign. Sign what? And then it's like, Eric not being eligible, Ruthie's petition. This should be like, only Robbie refuses to sign Ruthie's petition. Um, yeah, but that's why we're here. So, (laughs) any confusion from that summary will be gone when you're done listening to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny. I just like it. I know, I do. Anyway, so, what was your first impression of this episode? I actually really like this episode. Um... I find myself liking a lot of the episodes that are, like, centered around family or that pick one or two storylines and kind of stick to them, which is what we have here. We have everybody contributing to one or two storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, that this kind of, like, is in between... I feel like... Because I saw a preview for the next episode, and I feel like that picks up where the one that we left off before... But, like, this is in the middle somewhere, which it doesn't belong. Yeah. Maybe this should have been before the Virgin episode? I don't know. I think because this is, like, building to the end of the season, they just needed something to be, like, jaw-dropping. Right. Um, it just feels out of place, I feel like, because all the things that were, like, left hanging from the previous episode are not mentioned at all in this episode. Like, Matt's yeah. relationship with Cheryl... Um, Serena, the homewrecker. It feels like when they do like storyboarding at Seventh Heaven, they know what they want to do in a season, and then they don't care about the order that things happen. Like, yeah, yeah, they have like these certain issue episodes that they'll just pepper in with episodes that have like continuing plots. So it makes for it to be a little bit confusing. But I did actually really enjoy this episode. Um, uh, so yeah, the we'll start with the cold open um, where, where nothing happens. At all, like actually, it's actually just raining, and it shows all the kids sleeping. And the Rev is up writing in a diary at four a.m. and it says Tuesday, four a.m. I can't get the revelation that I had out of my head or something, and the consequences that go along with it or something like that. Um, and that's it. And that's it. So we were led to believe that the Rev is having revelations. So I thought this was something to do with God, but it's actually like an actual real life revelation dealing with other people and their lives. Yeah. Um, we come back from the cold open, um, we're just gonna, like, set this up, and then we'll get into the two different storylines. Yeah. Uh, with the Rev at, I'm assuming this is Reverend Hamilton's church. It is, Rev Ham's church. Um, and they're together, and the Reverend needs guidance from his friend. 
So this is one of the first times we've had an extended flashback, right? In I think this is like the first real first? flashback, yeah. So we have flashback in this use of flashback in this episode where the Rev is telling the story to Rev- Reverend Hamilton about what happened the previous day and why he's here. Um, so we'll start with the first storyline, uh, which is that Ruthie's ethics teacher, Miss Miller, yeah, is. Um, according to Ruthie, being fired. Um, And her and her classmates have started a petition uh, for students to sign to protest the termination of Mrs. Miller's employment and is getting, has gotten Matt to sign it, um, Lucy and Simon to sign it, and Annie is convinced herself, so she signs it. And all of this because they're all students, so it doesn't matter what school they're in as long as they're students. Um... The Rev is like, I think we should look into this before you continue, like, spreading this around. Because apparently there's over, what, a thousand? How many signatures did you have on there? Um, She had a lot. Oh, I think it was over a hundred. A thousand. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. A thousand would be way too many. (laughs) Um, And the Rev's like, we, like, I know your principal. You know your principal. She doesn't do things like this. Uh, Um, Let's get to the, like, before you start circulating the petition, let's maybe go and consult with the the principal but Ruthie has already done this and she says that like oh she told me she couldn't tell me which it is none of her like I don't know if someone's being fired for cause without cause if they're being fired at all there's yeah it it is confidential information like if she did something that was untoward yeah that's confidential if she wants to leave that's confidential so yeah uh but but Ruthie is who Ruthie is Little activist, um, and she's very convinced that it is because this this teacher is black. So she's like, "Oh, I have to, like, you know, being a little social justice warrior that she is." Yeah. Little. So um, she goes in and she meets with the principal, and the rev is also called to this um, talk. But it's really just a conversation between the principal and Ruthie, in which the principal is like, "This is." I like I can't tell you this is none of your business, but you need to know that like I don't have any like hate in my heart, and I, I would never fire anyone because they were like black or like any for for any reason other than like cause. Um, and she's like, I'm sorry that you feel this way, and I really liked you, Ruthie, but I don't like the way that you're kind of going on this smear campaign against me when you don't actually know the full story. Um, Ruthie doesn't take any of this to heart. I will say that something I liked about this scene is that they used the word racism. They, like, actually acknowledge the fact that this is what's going on. This is completely different from the seventh heaven of yesteryear, where they couldn't say the R word. But what gets me about this is that that's kind of pulled out of thin air, that this is why this teacher's being dismissed. And it's like, really, if that was the case, would the teacher have even been hired? Like, if they're, they're really racist at this school? So, and I think they think it's also because... It seems to me like something's up anyway because the teacher is leaving three weeks before the school year ends. So, like, that's usually, you know, if they're going to fire someone and there's only three weeks left, they'll, they'll wait until the finish. end of the school right. year. So either the person did something really bad or something else is going on. So Ruthie's like, okay, Ruthie doesn't get it, like, even after this conversation with her principal. And I think the Rev's now learning that something might be up that he doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. So on the other side of town, um, we have two things happening. Remember, Matt, Simon, and uh, Lucy have all signed the petition. Simon and Lucy find themselves in detention together because they are one of many students, or two of many students, who um, signed the petition. And apparently 
they got they have detention for signing this petition, which I thought was odd, but it all makes sense in the end. Um, and while they're in detention, Matt and Robbie are watching the news because this petition is apparently so. <laughs> it's it's the whole the whole town is signing it apparently because it's made the five o'clock news, and this is when Matt recognizes who Mrs. Miller is, and he kind of figures out that oh no, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah. Um, at, I think in the school, um, the per, the teacher who's giving these kids detention is like, here are other petitions, read through them and sign the ones that you would agree with. Lucy raises her hand and she says, I'm not familiar with any of the issues on these enough to sign it, which is kind of like the lesson of the story, right? Don't like, don't sign petitions that you know nothing about, which is what these kids did. Yeah. Um, but apparently Lucy and Simon don't get this because when they leave their fake detention, which is what they find out, that this detention isn't real, they decide to call that one teacher a nut job. And they find out that that teacher is actually Mrs. Miller's brother. Uh, Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I see what he was doing, um, but... They should have, he should probably have, like, finished his lesson by stating what it was. Yeah, yeah, because they're, they're, everyone's still just in the dark about why he taught, why he was trying to... Like, teach, teach what teach he was. Um, this all comes to a head when everybody's watching the news, the 5 o'clock news, say, um, which explains that the reason that this... First of all, Ms. Ms. Mrs. Miller was not fired. Yeah, we find out that... Um, well, Mrs. Miller can't even say it herself. She needs Miss McCool to say it, who is the principal. But she has been diagnosed with, like, advanced-stage breast cancer, and she needs to leave the school year early because she's scheduled to have surgery the next day. So... She was like, oh, I, I decided to let the kids believe I was fired because that I didn't want to scare them. And I, uh, you know, she was like, it means a lot to me that all these students got together and want me to stay so badly. But I just didn't want to let them know what was going on with my health. And it's she absolutely did not need to do this. And it's still like it's very private medical information that um, they should have shut that down in the beginning. Like Mrs. McCool should have said. The, yeah, the principal should have said, that it's a medical issue, I can't discuss it. Like, why? <laughs> this should have never gone so far to be on TV. Right. It's it, A lot of it, ha- I think uh, the theme of this is kind of like privacy. Uh, like, there's a bit of, like, because she's been like, I, I don't want to use this phrase, but it's the only one I can think of, like, her breast cancer has been outed. Like, yeah. she's been forced to, like... She's been forced to tell everyone what's going on, and she didn't want to. That was the original, yeah. like, the whole plan of letting people believe she was fired was to, to avoid telling people the secret that she, does, that she doesn't owe an explanation to anyone for. Um, Clearly, right away, everybody regrets everything, except for the Rev and Robbie. Robbie, who doesn't put his name on anything, and the Rev is like... <laughs> See, this is why it's good that Robbie yeah. isn't registered to vote. <laughs> um, which is another minor plot line. Uh, well, that has to do with the petition yeah. and, like, I guess civic engagement, but, like, look... This basically teaches you that civic engagement backfires on you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This kind of just, just to like wrap up what Robbie's saying, uh, the Rev is like, you're not registered to vote. If you're not registered to vote, you can't complain about the current administration. Uh, Which was the Bush 2 administration. Yeah, uh, yeah, the first Bush 2 administration. Uh, This is 2001, right? Yeah, this is is 
This is just after... This is, two, yeah, 2001, so yep. he's just been inaugurated. Yeah. Um, there's There was some subtle... A lot of actual subtle, subtle commentary about politics and the state of politics. About healthcare, which is, like, a thing that has been totally settled since 2001. It's good that everybody's got healthcare. Uh, if you did not gather the sarcasm in that last comment... It was it there. Was there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, they're talking about healthcare way back in 2001 and how, like, the state of, uh, and it's still <laughs> conversation right now. Great. Nothing's changed. Yeah. Um, so we, that's like kind of a subplot that's happening that doesn't really, it's just like there. Um, when everybody watches the news and this information is gathered, suddenly Ruthie's like, oh no, I fucked up. And Matt's like, I knew because I saw Mrs. Miller. Like at I the did. hospital, I helped her to her car, and she was very shaken. And I didn't real—he didn't realize that it was Ruthie's teacher. Um, so all the kids then kind of go on this mission to try to do something. Um, so Matt, Simon, and Lucy end up visiting the brother at the hospital, and it's like we want to make sure that we follow her wishes and her privacy. But this is the plan. Like all the kids at the school want to have a card every day for her while yeah. she's in the hospital. While Ruthie, for I think this is one of the first times, kind of like admits her mistake and does something about it. She call, ends up calling the principal and goes, I feel like apologizing is not enough for what I did to you. And the principal's like, you're right, it isn't. <laughs> isn't. So Ruthie's like, where do we go from here? And she's like, we move on, forgiving, forgetting, moving oning. Moving oning, yes. Moving oning. Um, I think that's it for this portion of the storyline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty much it. Um, so... Um, the other main storyline is the drama storyline where, um, well, I don't really want to, there was, you, you get into this. Okay. I'm going to, I'm like going to spoil it. I'm going to put. So back to the flashback, uh, the first flashback, um, Annie is feeling like something weird is going on with Ginger and Grandpa Jackson. Ruthie using her predictions, her future telling skills, uh, is like, oh, they're probably breaking up. And this kind of gets into Annie's head because now Annie's like, oh, yeah, they're probably breaking up. Ginger can't handle it. That means, like, Dad's going to be able to come and live with us, and she's really excited about that. And in this conversation, we also get news about Wilson and Mary. Um, apparently, Annie doesn't like the idea of Wilson and Mary being together because Wilson is... Is a teenage... Or he was a teenage father... Um, and Mary's all alone in, in New York with him, and she's like, oh, you know, she's going to be having sex with Wilson. And um, the Rev is like, what? We liked Wilson before, and like, and Robbie was the bad one, but now you like Robbie and you don't like Wilson. And I think this is really only brought up so we can get the drama of the reveal with Grandpa Jackson. Yeah. So um, at work the next day, or that day in the flashback, um... Grandpa Jackson ends up in Glen Oak. I don't understand how he can just, like... I don't know. If you had family that was, like, coming in from a different state and they just, like... Oh, yeah. Like, they, they never... Te- he, I don't know. He's no. never shown up with, like, advance notice. Yeah, he just shows up and he's like, I stayed at a hotel. I'm here now, though. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't... I feel like this is an odd family behavior. I mean, it's not even... Well, like... Arizona is close to California, but we don't actually know if they're in northern or southern California. Like, 
are we supposed to believe it's a short trip once he drove there? But I think that would be a long, like, it's not like he lives in, like, you know. In California. Well, yeah, or, or, like, it, it, you know, it's not like he lives in, like, New Jersey and the Camdens live in New York and, like, it's like a 40-minute drive right? to get to the house. Like, it's like he takes a, they take a plane from what I understand most times. So um, it's a bit of a hike. So uh, while he's being really strange, um, very um, belligerent, as they say. I thought it was just like irritable. It's kind of the, the kind of the same thing. Um, but and Matt comes in and Matt tells the Rev's like, "Oh, I spoke to Mary, and Mary and Wilson are together." And this is again, like just to bring up the fact that Wilson and like Grandpa Jackson are, I guess, similar, because Grandpa Jackson goes off. <sighs> Because um, the Rev explains that Annie doesn't like Wilson, and he just says... People make mistakes, and young people fall in love and have sex, and that's like, you know... Um, a fact of life. But, yeah, and, like, and, and sometimes they, you know, make mistakes, but, like, nobody ever thinks of the, the consequences and the, the pain that is associated with, like... I don't know. He's, like, basically seeing in the context of Wilson, like, Wilson had to, you know, then he lost his wife, and then he had to go on, and, and every day he has to raise this, this son that, like, so... Yeah, he's, like, people, you know, be people don't think of, like, the pain it causes the father. Like, nobody ever thinks about the father. And the reverend's, like, I think you're not talking about Wilson anymore. Yeah. And Grandpa Jackson's, like, I'm not talking about myself. And this is when we come back from the flashback, and we are... At uh, the at Reverend Ham Moulton's um, <laughs> church, Rev Ham, where Annie, like I guess, is driving by, sees the Rev's car, and then like sneaks inside, and she overhears the conversation that the both of the Reverends are having, but she doesn't actually understand what it's about. Uh, basically, Reverend Kim is like, "Oh, I need to tell Annie, but I'm not ready to tell Annie." And Red Hamilton's like, you have to tell her as soon as possible. He leaves, and he's like, is Eric cheating on me? <laughs> or is he having an affair? Um, and Rev Ham very appropriately is like, I can't tell you this. <laughs> it's not his place. So um, we get a very comic. <laughs> yeah. Like Annie running after the car, but she, she can't catch up. Um, Especially when, like, the Rev sees Annie's car. Like... Right, right. Like, how did they not walk past each other? Yeah. When, oh, wait, she was secretly trying to sneak in and talk to Rev Ham, so that's how. Well, But the, he, he saw the car. I feel like if I saw my, like, I would recognize my own car and be like, what is my car doing here? Yeah. And I would investigate, maybe. Um, <laughs> this, so Grandpa Jackson shows up at the house, and Annie's really happy to see him. But, <laughs> but again, she, she just shows up, and nobody yeah. thinks it's weird. Um, and... The Rev, the Rev's like, we haven't talked yet. And then he's like, ooh, what's happening? And then the whole thing with the news happens. And that's when, like, then he she asks, like, the children to go away. And then they sit down and talk. Um, and he tells Annie the truth. Yeah. Which is that when Grandpa Jackson was 17, he had a girlfriend. A high school lover. And uh, that girlfriend at the time was sent away to, quote-unquote, take care of her grandmother or grandfather. Because, you know, different times. But apparent. Oh, wait, it's exactly like Robbie's dad said. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Robbie's dad got pregnant. Um, mm. So 
but apparently it was because she had gotten pregnant when she was with child and her parents sent her away to like deal with it which was you know give birth to it uh and he she and he has a uh, he has a daughter from his like when he was 17 year old 17 years old but he's never met her he couldn't track down his like old high school flame so he has no idea what happened to her yeah but she recently died and the daughter came and found she wanted to know about her birth parents and kind of uh, because her adoptive parents died so um anyway um so Annie does not take to this as I mean it is we said this you know didn't really like um Annie in the last episode but this is more of a reasonable response because um it she lived her whole life thinking she was like an only child and things like that and this can be a little bit uh jarring so yeah I have to agree this the way that she reacted was um understandable yeah um and just kind of like feeling like she doesn't know who her father is because I don't know he had this secret life um, she eventually comes around. Um, at this point, like Grandpa Jackson is like fucked off. He's like, "Bye," <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think he's she's talking to the Rev, and it's like, "Was he okay? What's happening?" And she finds out that she's basically been set up by her husband. In that, um, Rever- uh, not Reverend Jackson, sorry, Grandpa Jackson, Charlie. And Charlie's daughter, Lily, we find out is her name, are coming over for tea. Yes. Um, Which sounds lovely. Yes, it does sound lovely. Um, And, of course, Annie has a cake baked because she likes to torture us. (laughs) With all the good food that we can't eat. Um, She is, at first, really hesitant. She's like, I don't want to know her name. What if she's, like... Like a con artist, and isn't like well, yeah, what she, if she just wants something from yeah. us. Um, and then she's like, "How do we tell the kids about this?" I think this is the one thing that like rubbed me the wrong way. They're this thing of like we can't tell the kids it's about like this. It's like the secret, sh- yeah, yeah, like our, our family secrets, and like we're the Camdens. We're not supposed to have any family secrets. We're perfect. Yeah, which I was like, please, like don't. You're acting like it's this could happen to, to any, anyone, anyone, right? Like especially like when you look at how old. Grandpa Jackson was and, like, how things were handled back then. Right. It's totally not, um, I don't think it would be, like, out of the ordinary for this to happen. Also, we learned that, like, Grandpa Jackson would have married this girl. Yeah. If, like, her parents had sent her away. Like, it wasn't, like... Uh, what, uh, like, a, like a, a fling that he yeah. never even knew, he never even knew that, like, a child resulted from it. Or, like, this was a malicious in any way where he was just trying to get into this girl's pants. Which yeah. he probably was, but, like, he was going to take responsibility for the child yeah. and for yeah. her. He just didn't know that a child resulted from this, so... Right. Um, so, yeah, exactly. It It's not a shameful thing. It just is a thing that happens in families. Um, but she comes around, and this is, I think, supposed to be a touching scene. It kind of does... It misses the mark a little bit, but she ha- it recruits everyone else in the family to help her, including Robbie. Like, she's like, Matt, you make me laugh. And Robbie, you... R- Ruthie and Robbie are good judges of character, so she's like, when you first, you know... If you like this woman when you first meet her, then I, I'll know that, like, it's, you know, I should set aside my prejudices. So, um, and, like, Lucy, you're, like, good at talking about emotions, so... And you're a good listener, and, like, Simon is logical. So Simon gives practical advice. Right. <laughs> um, so she's like, and I think this is really good because I feel like there is sometimes a divide between, like, parents and the kids and the fact that they're doing this together and being given responsibility and being told about 
what's happening very straightforward is, like, refreshing for the Camden family. Yeah. Um, so they meet her, and Lily is old. <laughs> she looks like she could be Grandpa's lover yeah. rather than his daughter. But, like, obviously, he was 17, so this child is, this woman is older than Annie, but, like, she looks much older, like she could be Annie's mother. Um, Lily is a restaurateur who has an on-again... Who again, lives in Chicago and an on-again, off-again on off relationship with a competing... Restaurateur. Competing restaurateur. I can't speak today. Um, a fun fact about this episode is that it has a lot of former Star Trek people. So Grandpa Jackson is a famous Star Trek man. Um, Lily, the daughter, is a Star Trek... Was a person who's been in Star Trek. So has the principal, the Rev, and Annie. So... Star yeah. Trek reunion. Ooh, on 7th Heaven. Yep. Um, the meeting goes well. It's very emotional for everyone. Um, and, like, there's a very heartfelt conversation at the end of, of the episode between Annie and her father. She's like, I'm no longer seeing you as just my dad. I'm actually seeing you as a person. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, like, kind of a thing that happens to all of us when we, like, look at our parents and it's we realize... It's just, like, Annie, though, is, like, a little old to just be oh, having yeah. this revelation yeah, yeah, yeah. now. I think it really happens when you're, like, your mid-late 20s or, you know, maybe even earlier. Yeah, I feel like um, you're supposed to have... Yeah, geez. It should happen in, like, sometime during your 20s when you are becoming an adult. And you're like, oh, my mom and dad are not just my mom and dad. They yeah, are... They have these lives. Or, my, like, you know, my parents, whatever form they take. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. That's it. So, what are you gonna rate it? Um, I liked it. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I did. I'm gonna give it like a five point five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I'm same. I'm gonna go. I was gonna go with a five, but I'm gonna follow five, your footsteps. Yeah, five point five. Let's give it a five point five. Yeah. It was uh, the whole thing with the. It was engaging, and it felt like the acting was good too. It felt like the acting around the Grandpa Jackson storyline, um, felt. I don't want to like real. Like yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it felt natural. Um, kind of the way everything played out. I feel like sometimes the reactions that characters have to things are either too little or too big. This was pretty this, good. Yeah. Also, like, the this whole mystery... Reaction. Yeah, the whole mystery of, like, what is going on with Mrs. Miller. I was, like, in it. I, like, I... It, uh, sometimes it takes me... Like, sometimes I can't engage in the entire episode of Seventh Heaven because it drags on. But, like, I was at the end of This episode s- felt very long, but we were also engaged throughout, the mo- throughout most of it, so it didn't feel... Well, it felt long, but... But it like but we wanted. It wasn't to, like I was bored. I wanted yeah. to watch and I wanted to see more. And see what was going to happen um, next. So yeah, um, near the end of the season, that's a good way to get into our two-parter. Yep, of course, another two-parter coming up uh, next uh, episode. We'll be covering the first part of that. So, um, but if Steve. you want to listen to us, you can listen to those um, on SoundCloud.com backslash Camdencast or on the Apple iTunes Podcast app. Um, and if you want to see. Any of our fun screen caps and things, you can check out our uh, social media stuff at on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Camdencast Show, and it's Facebook.com/slash Camdencast. I'm Erin. I'm Tanvi. This is Camdencast. <laughs>